Hey, David. Yo. I've got a trivia question for you. You ready? Ask away. All right. What game franchise has spanned over 34 years and has sold 18.23 million copies worldwide? 18.23 million copies? Yes. Um, I don't... Mario Bros. Mario Bros.? No. Before I tell you the answer, I will tell you Animal Crossing New Horizons in three months has sold 22 million copies. But it hasn't been around for 30 years. You're right. Animal Crossing has only been around. This copy of or this iteration of Animal Crossing has only been around for three months and has sold a staggering 22 million copies. Oh, wait. Did you say three months originally? Yes, I did. Oh, I heard, for some reason, I heard 30 years in my head. That's okay. <laughs> the franchise it just overtook is one of Nintendo's biggest at 34 years at 18 million copies sold. Animal Crossing New Horizons just outsold the entire Metroid franchise. Oh, wow. All in one breath, you could hear the strain in your voice near, <laughs> near the end of it. Oh, I was I was trying to hold out to see if you would jump in, and then I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going for it." Yeah, and I already broke the rule because I swore first. Yeah, um, but you didn't say the really bad bad word though the the GP word. I, I I will only say that word. It's only bad when we are doing the the monthly game reviews or the the, the what's coming this month. Yeah. Because it's it's not fair to our Sony listeners, even though they're still on their stupid high horses about Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Oh, my God. So the, the flame on the Internet is burning <laughs> bright, eh? Yeah. Okay, but before we get into that, hold up. Um, it's not hard for an, a game to outsell uh, any, like, well, Metroid in general when they haven't made a Metroid game in, like, 10 years. Yes, but to outsell a 34-year franchise in three months? Yeah. Well, when when I think part of uh, Animal Crossing's sales was uh, can be COVID. yeah linked to COVID. I know that's why you bought it. Um. No, I think I got it before. I got it on launch. Yeah, because of COVID. No, it wasn't because of COVID. I pre-ordered it in freaking October. You know what? I'm- forgot about it because it got delayed remember oh that's true uh you know what i hate buying video buying video games you just hate buying video games now you know i i'm just not gonna buy video games in general no that's a lie i I will still keep buying video games okay so uh rant time yes normally normally we start the show with rants but this is going to take more than the amount of time that we have for our our little intro so and i thought trivia would be kind of a different way to start things yeah it was uh i I know anyone who was listening their their brains were a racking those those hamsters on those wheels were spinning except that one person who saw that article earlier this week (laughs) it's true it's like that kid in the back of the class who shouts out the answer because they read the textbook ahead of yep. everyone else. 
you know, before you get into your rant, I was was just going to make a stupid joke. It'll be like, yeah, the one person out of like our 12 listeners. But we hit a milestone. Did you, did you look at the stats? We had a hundred downloads. Total? That's yeah. For an episode we just did. So that's pretty cool. Oh, nice. We're, We're growing. Season two episode. I think this is like episode 10 of season two. But I think we're on 11. We are, uh, we're very different podcasts than we were before, and we're happier. We're in a happy, cozy podcast relationship. Yeah. Not yeah, like David going. and EB Games. Oh, yeah. That's not a good relationship. Fuck EB Games. Okay. So don't you love when you buy a collector's edition of a game and you get it and it's being opened? Yes, I love oh, that man. so, so much. Okay, so here's the thing in my thing. So uh, EB Games, and I guess um, it was on Amazon. It was on sale as well. So Deathmark. This is a game on a Nintendo Switch. Um, it might be on uh, PS4 as well, but they had the... So this game is like a visual novel type murder mystery game thing. Looks pretty cool. Anyways, so they had the limited edition on sale for... $29.99 Canadian dollars. And it comes with what does it come with? It comes with a 96-page full color hardcover art book, a soundtrack, some temporary tattoos, which I will uh, promptly put on after recording this episode. Each, and each cheek, please. A dramatic printed slipcase to hold everything. And the game, of course. So, anyway, so this is uh was a pretty good price. And I ordered it online for in-store pickup because it was only in-store pickup so went to the store got it and didn't think anything of it so when i got home i saw that uh, it had the notorious clear eb games sticker on the bottom you know the one i'm talking about the circle and as i okay well i was like okay well maybe this was um the slipcase was just loose on there in general right and they just put that on there to to prevent it from falling apart, right? So uh, upon further investigation of removing the sticker, there was another one underneath it that was already cut. And I was like, okay, so something is up with this. And I opened the contents. And now the game disc and the, the CD and everything, they were sealed still. But there was some cardboard dividers in between everything kind of holding everything in place because not everything's the same size like the book's a little bigger than the switch case and the cd case is obviously a square right Naturally. Uh, but they had a there's these like cardboard dividers and on one of them was an eb games sticker that said new on it and that's when i realized that my brand new game had already been opened and someone had put their grubby hands on it probably flip through my the the art book and it's just like holy shit if i was a a hardcore collector say i was looking for this game to add to my collection to say like unopened right because i know some people do that they'll buy two copies of games and one will they'll never open in hopes that it'll be like beanie babies and worth hundreds of thousands of dollars you know 20 years later (laughs) which never happened um Mm -hmm. but yeah it was just like holy shit they're still doing that. They're still taking their games and opening them and calling it new. Like, okay, I get it. The game itself has not been used. The The physical like switch case was unopened. So like, yes, that is new, but 
are, are you the kind of person that if a game is opened, it no longer, even if it's never been played, like, do you still kind of get the, the feeling that it's no longer a new game? Yes and no. Like, I do love nothing more than watching them take it out of the glass cabinet and hand it to you. Right. Because you know nobody's touched it. But right now, do you think I want anybody touching my shit? Hells no. Right? Like, I'm only buying, like, this is so, like, I guess so 2020. But unless I have a specific game I'm looking for used, the odds of me buying a used game are fairly low. That's true. And like even uh, later in the show, we'll discuss a few used titles I'm looking for. I'm going to be incredibly cautious. I'm like, I don't even know how to properly clean a disc. I mean, I don't think the well, rate of like contact would be very high, but you know what I mean? Discs you can still use, you know, like wipes and stuff like that. It's it's you just don't use any harsh cleaners on it, right? Yeah. Cases. It's it's anything that comes with a booklet. If you have like, say, you buy like a PlayStation One game or something, um, and it has a, the booklet, that those are a little harder to to uh, disinfect. So ideally, you know, you just probably throw that in a, a box somewhere and just let it sit there for two three weeks. Yeah. Right. But no, I, I was just really annoyed with this, and and this is why I don't like buying games from EB Games. They tried to pull this on me. Uh, a few months ago or like last year I was buying a game and they said that, uh, Oh, they only had uh, one copy left or they had two copies left. And I was like, okay, uh, well, are they both opened and you're going to pull like the, the game out of a little paper sleeve there. And like, uh, I don't know, maybe, but either way there's, they're still new. I'm like, uh, no, not in my eyes because especially if you're buying a game as a gift, right. And if you're spending like 90 bucks after tax on a new game, not to be able to even take that plastic off, smell that disc, smell that plastic data disc. Yeah. You know, that was, that's a big part of buying games, right? Like when you go in and you buy a used game, yeah, you expect it to not be like it, it's going to be opened. You know, there might be some fingerprints on the disc if they haven't cleaned it. Right. But I don't know. It was just uh, really kind of frustrating because I like to get some of these collector's items and I do look through them and I do do, uh, you know, play the games and stuff like that. But kind of thinking about some of my other friends who buy things for the sole purpose of having them unopened, especially if they're hard to find. Right. Um, EB games like why? What? Why can't they just do what like other game stores do and print out? a cover and have the game case on the shelf. Tell people yeah. to tell people to bring the game case up to the front uh, or just ask if they have it. Right. Yeah. Like I know you and I have agreed that aside from EB games, we will not discuss the name of any store unless we go in and like review the store. But I was in one the other day and I, it'll remain nameless. Um, they printed out black and white, cases for some GameCube games that they had. I was like, oh, this is kind of shitty. Like, I I get you acquired the games without the boxes, but like, come on, that kind of sucks. Yeah. I um, had someone that I was uh, interacting with the other day and they were uh, clearly a collector um, because they were looking 
Like they're scrutinizing every game that they were buying at the time. And um, there was one game that they had in, in their little collection, or I guess they, they had called the store ahead of time and asked them to put some stuff on hold. So one of the games was um, like a Final Fantasy Tactics for uh, DS. And the case cover was a, you know, a photocopied black and white copy of uh, the game cover. And the buddy looked at it and it was, it was priced, you know, fairly high for like the game itself is rare now or rarer. Um, but it was priced fairly high for something that had not even an original cover. He looked at it. He's like, yeah, I'm not buying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt. I don't, I don't, um, I, I forget the word now. Brain fart. First brain fart of the, the show. That's yeah. Okay. But it's like, uh, I, Oh, I don't blame you for, for not wanting to buy that. But you know, uh, for some people, you know, they don't care if they buy a game and a new game and, you know, we, they have to get the disc out of a drawer with hundreds of other discs and and out of a crumpled up, used and abused paper sleeve. Sure, if if you're fine with that, whatever. But I don't know. Like that's why I stopped buying games from EB Games. I'll, I'll prefer to buy games off Amazon or locally from like some other like smaller game stores, um, Walmart even. Uh, Best Buy. I'll even go to Zellers. No, they're not around. Can, can I tell you a story from what happened this week with me trying to purchase a game? Yeah. You might get a good laugh out of it. So as you as you know, I've uh, recovered my old GameCube. Good news is it works. Bad news is slot one for the memory card doesn't read memory cards, but slot two does. So progress. Might, might just need a little uh, cleaning. cleaning of the connectors. Quite possibly. So I went into a, a local game shop, like, and it's uh, a pretty big hole in the wall. But uh, I went in and I was just like, oh, where's your GameCube games? And the guy was like, over there on the rack, there's a gentleman over there looking. So if you don't mind keeping your distance, I was like, no problem. And the GameCube games were like, I think it was buy one, get one, like half off or something. Right. And like, I'm looking for a few select titles. I know Mario titles are a pipe dream. I'm looking for like the Need for Speed Undergrounds, like the games that I kind of grew up on. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. True Crime, Streets of LA, you know. So I'm over there and I'm kind of like looking from a distance and I, I'm like, no fucking way. Like, that can't be right. And it's Super Mario Sunshine. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder if this guy has this game already. Like, he's he's clearly looking at the GameCube stuff. So there is a possibility that he might already own the title. And then he picks it up. He picks that up and Super <laughs> Monkey Ball. And I was just like, damn, I would have bought son both of those. a bitch. <laughs> I would have bought both of those games. But I was like, I didn't expect to see either of those games. Super Monkey Ball to me would just be something that like, oh, hey, I found it. If I could get it for like less than 20 bucks, I would probably pick it up. Maybe even less than 15. I don't know. It's just a, it's a fun game. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at Monopoly there and the guy had like eight copies of Prince of Persia. <laughs> it was just like, it was, it was weird combos, but I ultimately decided not to get anything, but I did that whole thing that like game stores love when you do it, but the people in the game stores hate when you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I peruse the counter while this guy is talking and he's like negotiating up and the guy's like, yep, it's uh, it's buy one, get one half off. 
Super Mario Sunshine, uh, I can let go for $45, and then Monkey Ball will give it to you for like 15 or something. I was like, okay, you know what? If I had the opportunity to spend $45, I probably would have for Mario Sunshine. I thought right. that would be a reasonable price. Now the guy looks at the guy and goes, I can't pay $45 for this. So I uh, like I, I turned my head and I'm very interested in this conversation now, right? Like I'm clearly not looking at 64 stuff anymore. It's just right. You're you're I'm, you're standing there staring, but your ears are paying attention to the conversation. Yeah, like I'm focused, laser yeah. focused. Yeah, and he's like he's like I open the case and uh, the the booklet's all wobbly. It looks like it got some water damage. I can't justify justify paying like forty five dollars for this. I'll give you twenty. And the guy's like, oh, I can't like I, I like through these tough times. It's a little bit harder to haggle. Mm-hmm. The best I could do is I can come down to 40. I'm still giving you like 50% off monkey ball. So that's going to be like $7. You're going to get out of here for like 50 bucks. And he's like, no, I just can't do it. I was like, I'll give you 50. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, I can't let this go. It's too good of a deal that he bought them both. The guy afterwards was just like, thanks, man respect (laughs) i was like like, no problem i didn't know if he was gonna go for it or not but like i would have given you 50 dollars for that game that game's a hard game to find yeah i know it's not the most valuable mario game but the fact that i jumped it by five bucks was enough to scare this guy into buying the game was just Mm -hmm. so good it was uh it was a priceless moment this week i didn't end up buying any gamecube games but i will tell you the games that i do still own are in great working condition. I've been uh, playing the fuck out of Simpsons Road Rage. Oh, it's very fun. Okay, I gotta play that one. I've I have hit and run for PC, but I'm trying to find that on GameCube. That's like priority number one. Yeah, like it's it's up in the Halo with like Strikers, Smash Brothers, Mario Golf, all that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, that one's that one's in the priority area for me. Have you ever played Road Rage? Oh, yeah. That game was so good. There's like a petition going on to get a a remaster or or like a sequel of Road Rage. Isn't it only for the um, like Hit and Run, not Road Rage? Hit and Run's the one where you can get out of your car and and climb up. Yeah, yeah, Hit and Run. Hit and Run. But like the the one thing that I couldn't believe is how fast that game is. Like regular video games aren't that fast. Yeah. Like you're driving, you're like, these physics don't make any sense. <laughs> like it's just beyond what we're used to. That's true. So can I read you a review on something? Sure can. Sure. I I want to let everybody know here that I did not prepare David for much of this show. No, I have actually <laughs> no idea what we're talking about today. Yeah, so th- this was kind of like my new thing. But I-, I just wanted to see how this one would go. Um so ready for number one review number one wait wow. who's, re- who's reviewing what i i'm i'm reading you some reviews for a game that just came out oh and i have to guess what game it is yes and i'm gonna leave the title out purposely uh wow this game was so bad what a waste of time and money this game could have been better if they only spent more time with it but it felt super rushed that was a one out of ten. One out of ten and the furious you got it on number Crossroads. one. <laughs> <laughs> Just bad. 
This game has nothing to do with Fast and the Furious really disappointing what they made. This game has been rated a 2.7 out of 10. Nice. And some people, like, the further you go down the list, some people do complain about um, the the insane download that you had to do before the game. And they're just, like, a lot of people have returned their copies. I can't wait to see this game in a bargain bin to see how bad it truly is. I know, right? Oh, I've, I'm so excited. Like, I'm salivating at the opportunity. Can you, you like, get that checked out? So just salivating at it? Yeah, just like, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that, that's it for me. Show's over. Talk to you later, guys. But no. That's all we got for today. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's just wild, right? It's funny because um, I know that there's a lot of talk about that game because like, it's a Fast and the Furious game. And I wonder if if people were kind of thinking that it was going to be more like uh, remember the Fast and the Furious Forza, yeah, game? that was really well done though. That was awesome, but that was just racing. But it still had like kind of a, a mini story type thing that you're you're doing, right? Yep. But uh, yeah, this one definitely might be a bargain bin. Or, yeah. or it's going to be a PlayStation Plus game or a Games with Gold kind of thing. I don't know. Like, I just... Oh, yeah. If it's a Games with Gold or PlayStation Plus or even Game Pass. That's true. I was like, can I say it? Yeah, I you can. If I can. Just can't say it when I'm reviewing titles. This is just so disappointing. And then there's these two people. Troy3321 writes... Fantastic game. Well done, guys. I'm a massive fan of the Fast and the French, uh, Furious franchise. Estelina writes, The best game of 2020. Good history. Excellent characters. And Vin Diesel is the best actor. Game of the year 2020. That can't be real. <laughs> <laughs> that is a paid paid review. Oh, 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 it says IGN underneath. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, wow. <laughs> this, this review, this user review has been sponsored by IGN. <laughs> just yeah so we've given up that's yeah. just where it's at yeah so that's all i really had for that you guessed it way faster than i thought you would i thought i had at least five minutes worth of content there no no you you ran out yeah you done well, goofed you you were telling me a little bit about how microsoft also quietly abandoned their xbox 2020 announcement branding what happened to see the future david what happened i was telling you about that yeah, you t- you literally told me about it an hour ago. Yeah, what day is it? I don't even know. E- either way, what we do know now is Microsoft has completely ditched the 2020 branding announcement that they had back in May, um, which kind of still further makes me think they might change the Series X name or at least the logo being like optimized for a Series X. I know, I know, it might not happen, but... So here's a a little thing that popped up on the internet that I saw. Um, Apparently there is uh, the the box for a Series X controller. And on the side it said compatible with, let me see if I can bring this up. Uh, It said like compatible with Xbox Series X. And then there was like the straight up down line and then S. So there's rumors of um, a digital version of the series x right remember yeah yeah but what what did they say the name was going to be there was something like not phoenix it had some cool name 
Okay, here we go. Xbox Series X controller manual confirms that there is a Series S in the pipeline. So the picture, uh, let me, so yeah, so Ford, Xbox Series X, and then it's not even slash, but X and S, Xbox One, Windows 10, Android, iOS. Uh, Interesting. Check that out. Xbox series. I can't remember um, what they were going to call it, but the all digital one had a cool name. Code name. I just can't remember what I, I thought that the name was going to be series S Xbox series S because I think they were like I said before, and they had mentioned that they're keeping the Xbox series name. Yes. But why just two letters? Series X and same with Xbox One X, you know, like that's their premium line. And then Series S or the One S, that's the kind of entry level line. So I guess for the Series S would be potentially an all digital one. Um, Mm -hmm. And that Series X would be the disc disc based one. I do like the D-pad on the, the new Xbox controllers. Because they uh, they look more like the the elite controller, the elite controller with it's like circular, but it still has the D pad uh, cross on there. I'm slightly concerned here by the pricing I'm seeing rumored. Though, like Xbox Series X could be six to seven hundred dollars. That's a little bit higher than what we thought, considering we oh everybody gets dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. Considering considering everybody thinks the PS5 is going to be more expensive. Well, when you think about it, though, the the One X came out at uh, six hundred dollars Canadian, right? Five hundred US. That was what one hundred and fifty bucks over uh, the the price of the regular Xbox One. Wait, I I spent six hundred dollars on my Xbox One in twenty thirteen. Did you? That's what you're saying. It was five ninety nine. The One X. Oh. Yeah, Project Scorpio. Yeah, Project Scorpio. And there's they still go for like well, you can get them on sale now for like 350, but I think there's been talks that Microsoft has um um discontinued the production of the One X. So Yeah, that they did because it was poo poo. Well, no. The One no, X not not actually poo poo, but like as we alluded to in our last episode, we like Microsoft is putting all their eggs in one basket. They're going, you know what? We have Game Pass. Games are still going to come out for Xbox One. You have the One S. You have whatever Series X ones are still, or um, One X models that are out there are still remaining. And that's great. But we're going to focus a lot on the One S, the, the Xbox One Digital, mm-hmm. the Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S, which also could be slightly shorter. Did you look at that screenshot of the controller manual carefully? Um, I can hear those those PlayStation diehards just. Oh, there's more pictures here. Do you hear that, David? Do you hear them? Whispers. Yeah. They're like, look at these losers. Their controllers still take double A batteries. Oh, yeah. I saw a bunch of those. People are like, why wouldn't you use uh, rechargeable batteries? It's like, you know why? 
because it gives people the option of what they want to use, whether or not they buy. Did you just start your Fast and the Furious game there? Uh, I did. No, uh, it's a little warm, so I have to. Uh, I have to keep the window open. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, so the thing is with the Xbox controller, and I think it's a smart move on Microsoft's uh, point, or s- smart move on Microsoft. Microsoft's mm-hmm. move, whatever you know. Anyways, um, it, it gives people the option to choose what they want to put in their controllers, whether or not they buy a battery pack that's rechargeable with a, with a cradle have rechargeable double A's that they can just, you know, buy a pack of four for 20 bucks and then just have one always charged and you can just swap them out that way. Um, or that's, that's really about the only options or, or, you know, maybe they went to Costco and bought, you know, a a 30, a 64 pack of, um, double A batteries and they just, you know, reload them like a bunch of shotgun shells when they're empty. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you that I bought two rechargeable batteries for the Xbox one or the Xbox one, not even the one X, the Xbox one shortly after launch. Cause after launch target went out of business and I bought two battery packs for $14 each. That $30 has lasted me to now. And like my battery, my one battery pack I've already thrown out. It's just, it didn't hold the charge anymore. The last one's on its last like leg. I can play about maybe an hour of Call of Duty before, like with my Astros hooked up to it before it's just gassed. Mm-hmm. Cause you'll, you'll start getting that like, and then it'll just flicker and turn itself off and it says reconnect. So I have to play plugged in most of the time anyways. Not the worst, but like, Considering that battery has powered an elite for when did I get that? Like three years ago? Something like that, yeah. So like that's powered that controller for a long time. Yeah. It's it's about time. And like I I was telling uh the the Call of Duty guys that when the new console comes out, I will probably trade my current elite to get a new elite. I know it's not gonna be a lot, but like it it's I'd like the refreshed elite. I want you the mean like the series be, two. Yeah. Like the one that's going to be optimized for both consoles. Well, that would probably be a series three then. Maybe. Right. Because the, the new system or the new controller has that dedicated share button in the center. Right. Yes. Well, let me grab my elite controller. This is great podcast material. Right yeah, here. like, okay, I'm looking at it right now. There is a button where the new share button is, but that button uh, changes the profile on. Uh, so you can have up to three different um, saved profiles on the Elite controller that, you know, you can set the button combinations and all that stuff, right? Mine so, is switched. Like, so, so there's you a can have your. Yeah, yours is a switch, right? But this one is a button in the center that changes it. Now, granted, you can also, you know, create shortcuts where it's like if you're holding down, uh, I don't know, holding down X and L, like X and right trigger at the same time, it it creates something or it can do something or you can hold one of the paddle buttons and it will do something different and like shortcuts. So you could always... You can always set up a shortcut to another button um, on the, the Elite series. But, uh, 
yeah, like I guess like they would have to further redesign this for the um, Series X because that button in the center there that I'm looking at right now, just staring at me, it looks like a little person, uh, is is kind of in the way for the Series X. Other than that, the controller's nice, but quality control still isn't there, Microsoft. There's a- well, I mean, they could just do the unthinkable and go against what Sony did and make the Series 2 compatible with the, the Xbox Series X. It is. I mean... I know that's the joke. <laughs> oh, okay, it, it, it's it's not it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Microsoft's just like, hey, we like money, but we also understand that you like. I think Microsoft right now, oh man, they're doing two things really well. They are setting themselves up for success. I was I was listening back to our podcast the other day. Sometimes I get I get bored and I like to listen to myself talk, so I throw on the podcast. I think we had a pretty hot take on our last show about the PlayStation four being the console that everybody buys this Christmas, because it's just going to be the most affordable through COVID times. Yeah. The more, the more I look and the more I watch. Yeah. Okay. The Xbox series X and the series S that is confirmed. We just don't know the price. They're going to sell. They're probably going to sell really well, but Microsoft's just, they're future proofing all their shit. And they're just being like, yeah, you know what? Game Pass, future or uh, backwards compatibility. That's that's different. I can say mm-hmm. Game Pass in this context. That's true. But Game Pass, backwards compatibility, and all their controllers will work with both systems. Well, and the thing is, is Microsoft is. I think they're going about it in a very smart way, where they have from day one said that. You know, like you just said, backwards compatibility. All your Xbox One games will work on the Xbox Series at launch. Um, and, you know, developers can create patches to uh, enhance games for the Xbox Series X. But then they're also making it so that, yes, your controller will work on the Xbox Series X. So, sure, you get the new controller with uh, the console when you get it. But a lot of people probably have one or two at least two Xbox controllers already. So now you have controllers that, you know, if your buddies wants to come over and play the new, some new game on the series X and it has, God forbid they put couch co-op in there. Well, now you don't have to go out and buy another, you know, $90 controller. You have one that you can use already. All it's missing is, uh, a share button, right? Which I doubt anyone's really going to use. Um, so actually you'd be surprised because there's a lot of people who like to share clips of like their cool yeah. kills or catches and stuff. Oh, and I, you I, don't I have to go it. through that menu. Right. Yeah. Um, but like Microsoft has pretty much made it. And I think with them kind of cutting out the Xbox one X console, they're going to have their entry level system, the the Xbox one S, and then they're going to have their premium system. The one, uh, the series X or the Series S, depending on whether or not you want uh, to be able to buy physical media or not. So I think um, Microsoft has really, really set the stage for um, their their system moving forward. Sure, it might be a slower start, right? Especially with everything that's been going on in the world, right? People don't really have the disposable income as much as they did before, um, you know, because there's other priorities like buying Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Um, but this... I think with uh, 
in the future, things are going to be like, I think Microsoft is going to have better sales in general, because if they can also lower the price of, I, I suspect that there's going to be a price cut on the Xbox one S as well, probably right around Christmas time. You're going to get a, a, a bunch of deep discounts on the one X and the one S like significant. So they're going to try and get those people that, you know, maybe don't have the money to buy the new, new the new system, but now they are kind of into the infrastructure, right? So they're going to be getting their collection of stuff. They'll be getting game pass and whatnot, uh, but getting a huge, huge number of games in um, like that's already available, right? Like the, the Xbox one came out, what, like five years ago. Yeah. Two, and it's, five no, or six years ago, 2000. The Xbox one dropped in 2013. It's yeah, 2020. Okay. Yeah, so you know these people are going to be able to get a Xbox One S for super cheap. My guess is that it's going to be probably around two hundred bucks Canadian, if not, yeah, I'd say about one ninety nine Canadian. That's my my guess for uh, Christmas pricing for the One S. I mean, uh, we got that at the Super Bowl last year randomly because they were like trying to get rid of overstock. Yeah, but I think that's going to be a a sale price from Microsoft, if not the new uh, retail price. Because it's three seventy nine regular price, right, for the a new One S. So people are going to get be able to get that if they can't afford the one or the Series S, and uh, now they're in that infrastructure, right? They'll be able to buy their Xbox games and stuff like that, and eventually they're going to want to upgrade to the next one, right? So they will not have to worry about buying a whole ton of new games. All of their games will work, even if they don't necessarily look any better in particular, right? Because like it is up to the developers to create a enhancement patch kind of thing. Um, but it'll allow them to seamlessly transition to the next system whenever they can afford it, whenever they want to, right? Yeah. Sony, it's like, okay, yeah, you want another controller? You got to buy it because you can't use your PlayStation 4 controller to play any PS5 games. You want to play a PS4 game on the PS5? Well, you better hope that it's in the, the selected list of games that we've put together. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing that I'm going to find really interesting too, if you look at the the grand scheme of things, Microsoft has shut down its entire North American store operation. There's thousands upon thousands of consoles sitting in, sitting in inventory from Microsoft stores Mm -hmm. that are going to be sold online at a deep, deep discount because they're going to be like, Oh shit. Like I was talking to one of the guys at the Microsoft in my mall. And he was like, yeah, we're just, we're like, cause they have people slowly like, like getting the stuff out. They're not liquidating the store as of yet. There's nothing up there, but like they're taking down signage and stuff. I was like, out of curiosity, what's your like inventory like? And he's like, we have way more inventory than I'm like proud to admit. And it's just been sitting there since March. That's that's the wild thing to me. Is you're totally right. They're gonna have these deep discounts, and like I bet you the One S or the the Xbox One Digital, that might be your 199 console. Maybe not the One X, although it is discontinued. Well, so here's you're the thing: get that for under two bills. The One Digital, the Xbox Sad Edition, um, 
was already one. It was below one ninety nine. I think their Black Friday sale or whatever it was was uh, it was one seventy nine. I think so. It's already dropped below two hundred. But uh, I I would say that the unless you are going to go into uh, buying a new system and knowing that you're not going to get any physical games, I would not suggest buying the digital edition one. Um, but I think I, I do think that the regular Xbox One S is going to be going down to two hundred bucks. Okay, I'll take that action. Yeah. Take that action. Yeah, I took it. Um, do you know what else had some action last week? Uh, well, we don't need to know. TMI. So- Sony had a state of play. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that we all was- got fucked. So-, <laughs> so the one thing that I, 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 I honestly legitimately forgot, I got so overwhelmed with stuff last week that I forgot about the state of play. And the one thing that kind of came to mind before I watched it was I watched it on Sunday. So three days after, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. I didn't see one big like announcement on Twitter or anything. Nothing really like caught my eye. And the only other thing that I saw was like, oh, PlayStation beat Microsoft again. Blah, blah, blah. SpongeBob meme. <laughs> It's, it's it's stupid. We're gonna get to yeah. that in a second. Yeah, but here's what they announced and showed, just quickly because a lot of it we have seen teasers for. Um, David, you will have an opportunity to change any of your original purchase um, bargain bin pre-order, all that kind of stuff, right? Or pre-order review. Wow, I'm sorry. It's launch review, bargain bin, or hard pass. Uh, I'll start it off with Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. That trailer looked really, really cool. I'm glad that the Crash um, franchise is continuing on. I will say Sony's putting a lot of their eggs in one basket with time travel and the word time. Especially with Ratchet and Clank having a uh, similar style game. What we do know about the game is there is going to be a really cool... uh, It's called inverted, not inverted. It's an inverted mode where you can actually play the game again in a Mm -hmm. different um, style. So there were some which were like monochromatic, where it would be like both mirrored and like in a different kind of color. There'd be some where you had to paint the level back to normal as a different challenge. I think that's pretty cool, if you ask me. I think a game that can reinvent itself as like a a platformer that uh, also really depends on the camera trickery, I think is... uh, it's a recipe for success. I'll, I'll always pick up a crash game, but this also didn't say that it was going to be exclusive. Well, that's the thing because crash bandicoot has come out on Xbox switch and Xbox. Yeah. Well, the insane trilogy, right? Right. But those were originally, and even crash team racing, right? Those were PlayStation exclusives. So wild world now, man. So what's going on with that, Sony? Huh? I wonder if it's going to be like a. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be like a timed exclusive. Or you know, Spider Man might be a playable character. I'm still not <laughs> over it. You say words that hurt. People are still really, really, really upset. Yeah, it's a fucking bullshit move from Sony. 
Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time website points to a Switch version. Ooh. So interesting. So not Xbox, but it's coming to Switch. It probably will come to Xbox eventually. Oh, there it is. Xbox or Crash Bandicoot, it's about time. Xbox, October 2nd, 2020. Oh, there you go. So it's not Ooh. even a Sony exclusive. All Next. right. Strike one, Sony. Hitman 3. Isn't it 101 Interactive or IOI? It's uh, IOI. Oh, it's IO, inter- IO, IO Interactive or yeah, IOI. Yeah, like IOI. Um, you played the Hitmans, right? I've I've dabbled a little bit in them. They are uh, games that I enjoy to play for a short amount of time, and then I realize that I don't really know how to play the game the way that they want me to play it, like be sneaky and shit. Yeah, I mean, it is a slower game. I still remember the game or the level where you have to like shoot the guy through the keyhole. I think that was like so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'm gonna I. Like this is going to be one where I will play it. I'm going to say it's going to be a bargain binner solely because like, I don't need to rush out to get it. Looked very crisp though. Yeah. I think the thing is like the Hitman games, they are very well put together. They are, they are fun games, um, but they always eventually become a bar bargain bin game. And I don't think this one's going to be any different. Yeah. It's, I think even, if I remember right, with Hitman 1 and 2, they were definitely used game purchases for me. Mind you, most games are. So it's a... You you could say I'm a patient gamer. No, I'm not. I'm really not. But, no, you're not. No. I mean, I almost bought Fractured Butthole the other day because it was buy two, get one free. And then I was like, I don't need used games right now. I just... I don't need the girlfriend to be mad at me for buying games. I don't need to be playing. I just did a bad thing when I'm going to be buying PGA 2K21 next week. Mm-hmm. And I already knew I was doing this. I had to make the 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 bold choice to go where no man has gone before and switch uh, pick golf over football. I'm just I'm it's summer, I'm very interested in golf. I like watching golf, I like playing golf, I like learning the game. I tried that really shitty one on EA's um Man, I can't even think of that. What's that service that I got for a year that I hate? EA All Access. Oh yeah, EA Access. Yeah, that one. Another one. Hey, I'll be able to play the demo of Madden. That's pretty cool. Oh wow! <laughs> right, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. Um, next they showed Braid the Anniversary Edition. Man, <laughs> that and Splunky Two just kind of was like, okay, so these are games I'd expect to see on the Switch. I hate to equate um, like. 2D side-scrolling platformers or dungeon crawlers to the Switch, but I just feel I'd rather play that on a six-inch screen than my TV, you know? That's true. The game in the middle, though, that they showed in between these two, Pathless, did you watch that trailer? Very, Uh, very unique looking. Yeah, it was was very different, that's for sure. It kind of reminded me of, uh, you know that it's like loaded up on every single iPhone when you walk into like a cell phone store. A picture of it, a penis? Well, yes, obviously, but uh, it's called Balto's Adventures. It's that side-scrolling um, skiing game. You've you've probably seen it on even like Android, but it's just this ski game that all you do is jump and you do backflips. And you like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pathless reminded me of that kind of 
art animation style, but I thought it was cool that it was like, it's not a game about accuracy. It's a game about timing and like Mm -hmm. aiming your arrows to the thing. And if you hit the target, you'd have like the, your hunter would kind of fly with the bird. I thought that was really cool. It looked to me to be very interesting. This is going to be a game that I want to keep an eye on, but it's not one that I think I like, is going to be a, a budget breaker either. I like the game looks like it's going to clock in at like 19 bucks. Yeah. It, it'll be like an entry level price. It, it looks like a double a game, but it looked really cool. Like I will give that game credit where credit's due. It looked really cool. Yeah. Totally neat. Totally, totally, totally neat. Um, there was Aeon must die. Um, it was a, the intense looking 2d action game with that Saturn more, or, I love the quote here. The Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic. Um, kind of had a Scott Pilgrim vibe to me. It, it was like a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Again, they showed a lot more indie than I thought they were going to. Um, the next game they showed that I was really interested in was the one that caught my interest at Sony's original presentation for the PS5, and that was Bug Snacks. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, that was a game that was announced for the PlayStation 5, right? Yeah. And now this whole state of play thing that they did was all PS4 and uh, PSVR. There was so, three PS5 things, though. Bug Snacks was one of them. Right, but I'm saying, like, they were focusing this one on, oh, this is coming out for PlayStation 4. So I wonder if this whole the whole point of this one was to say, like, okay, don't be afraid. Like, we're still making games for the PS4. These things are still coming out. Like, look at us. We got shit, too. I don't know. What did you think of the latest Bug Snacks trailer? Originally, the the two thoughts I had originally when I looked at the game were, oh my god, this game looks very, very, very much like um, like the way they presented it originally made me kind of think of Animal Crossing. That's the true. animation. The animation and art style is very there. Yeah, I like there's somebody sitting at the desk and it's like a little detective guy. And then you realize also it's like a little bit of a world builder and puzzle game. Like to lure the burger into the pen, you have to shoot ketchup which is kind of adorable when you think about it. And like you're hunting for like, you're trying to identify the different foods and there's like a carrot snake and uh, they, they had like a little, um, what was it? Like a little garlic that followed the laser pointer and there's like different bug traps. It looks, the game looks very whimsical. I think this one's going to have kind of like the same Octodad feel and, um, like I, I do like how you see also as the game progresses in the trailer, you do see like the world build up a little bit, which, which yeah, is like it, it showed that there's more to the game, right? Like before it was just these animals eating shit and stuff like that. Right. The flying moth pizza monster looked mm. crazy cool. Yeah. It, it, it looks cool and it's only coming out for the PS five. I believe it mu- this might actually work well on the switch. I think this would actually be a huge seller on the switch just because you're looking at your like key demographics, but bug snack. Yeah, it, it probably will eventually come onto the switch. Most games at some point or another come out on the switch. Yeah. It looks like it's coming out right now for PS five, PS four and PC. 
on the Snack Tooth Island. Watch the game have like a really dark undertone. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what the fuck did I watch? The next game looked really shitty, so I don't want to talk about it. It's called Star Wars Vader Immortal. Yeah, trash. Next. No. Do you, do you want to hit it? Um, I This has been a game that has been really... It's on my been on my radar for quite some time, but I just haven't um, found it. It actually it was on Oculus, like on PC, but I don't know if I could run that on my. I like a Windows mixed reality headset, so some things you know aren't really um, compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, but this my my brother has played this one. He says it's a lot of fun. It's been pretty interesting because you play as Vader and you. It's like you, I don't know. You have a lightsaber. You're Vader. You fight shit. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of a big deal that's coming out on the PSVR because I think that is a prime system to have something like that. Uh, everyone has always wanted, you know, like growing up, you've always want these games where you can be Darth Vader or just you know badass Jedi with lightsabers and stuff like that. Now it's coming out to more people. That's only can be a good thing. Will yeah, I get that, it? That's, uh, yeah, the, 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 you will get it. You're I just I don't, have a, I don't have a PlayStation VR. But you could if you stole one. That's true. Maybe we'll steal one we, <laughs> on, our, on our adventures. On our adventures. Okay. Um, the next game they showed was The Pedestrian, a quirky little platformer. And uh, it was very puzzly. Yeah. It looks like like they just want to make sure that like uh, like you said they want people to know they will be still releasing things for the PS4 in 2021. And you know what? I'm I'm a pedestrian most days of my life. So do I really need to play a game where I'm just being myself? No. It's called real life. <laughs> is it is it really? Um sorry, I'm just trying to read the title of the next one. It, it was kind of a, a, a neat little, um, like I, I trying to describe the game. It's kind of like, it's like one of those action puzzlers that you get for, Oh, this was a pedestrian. I'm reading the wrong title. I'm sorry. Next up. Wow. is hood outlaws and legends, a new PS five game. They showed off um, is it's the sumo Newcastle and folk uh, from sumo Newcastle and focus home entertainment. It's a medieval dark kind of game. They went really heavy on the magical games this year, eh? Yeah. Things with like special, like with, with graphics. Ooh. I mean, they did shove an arrow through a person's head. It kind of looked like Assassin's Creed. Even if you look at the weaponry on their like wrists, like it's like that, that blade that um, the Assassin's Creed character has. Yeah. The sheath blade. It looked cool. I mean, uh, that's a bargainer for me. That just looks, it kind of looks dumb when you, when you know you have games like Assassin's Creed coming out, like why are you considering this game? But this is going to be late 2021, early 2022. They have another game for the PS five. So the last three games they showed off were for PS five only. This one's called Temtem, which legitimately looks like they stole Pokemon and just reanimated it. And you get to kind of like action platform yourself around. You throw these cards that have like little monsters in them that are clearly Pokemon. And I'm going to be shocked when Nintendo, or I won't be shocked when Nintendo actually sues them for like, they look like Pokemon. 
they're legitimately Pokemon. Yeah, it's pretty much Pokemon. I'm rewatching the trailer right now, and it is like that's practically a Dratini. That's a Sneasel. But here's the thing, though: it's coming out on the Nintendo Switch too. Just why would you allow this type of game to? They look like why you got a new Temtem. Okay. So this game is clearly Pokemon thousand percent. Yeah, that's true. So cool. It's called Temtem up in 2021 coming for the PS five. You sure it's coming out for the switch? Yeah. Final game. They showed off today. They are on Thursday. They did a 10 minute presentation for it with a little bit of gameplay. It was called Godfall, the action RPG, um they showed all of it on a development kit for the ps5 which looked really cool there was a lot of fast moving combat which was neat um you did get kind of that god of war kind of feel and there was some magic involved again with earth water air and fire realms um from what we know there's also no microtransactions they said that but that is subject to change um i don't know it kind of looks like the next kind of iteration of God of War without calling it God of War. That's true. But like even the move, like the movement still doesn't look that great for something that's supposed to be on the PS5. Yeah, but it it's also like a I get, launch title, right? So I I know that the PS5 and the Series X are supposed to be easier to program for because they're using, you know, the same kind of architecture that the PS4 and the Xbox One used. Um, but you know, there's a whole lot of new technology in the system, right? So I think we, we, we just got to be more lenient, I'd say with some of these launch titles, right? Cause like, if you look back at, you know, how certain games like PS, the PS4 or Xbox one launch titles, you know, like some of them were trash, right? Yeah. Like they weren't that, they weren't that great. But at the time, we're like, okay, this is pretty sweet because like the jump from PS3 to PS4 and the jump from the 360 to the Xbox One was huge, right? Um, is the jump from the PS4 to the PS5 going to be massive? Probably, but we probably won't see it until you know a, a good year at least after launch um, when developers actually start being able to really get into the the, the depths of programming for the system and taking advantage of all of the added, you know, power to the system. So like when you say, you know, like the, like the character movements and stuff like that seem clunky. I wonder if it's because, you know, they're trying to make a game that looks like next gen. Right. Mm -hmm. But then certain aspects of that, it's going to be, you know, it's going to lose quality a bit. And maybe that is where it's, you know, animations might be not up to, where we expect them. But I think, you know, people are still going to buy it and they're still going to enjoy it. It's probably not going to be a bad game, potentially. Oh, I'm I'm hoping not. I don't I don't know if this is it, but you reminded me of a launch title. I don't think it's this one. Do you remember a chariot game for the Xbox 360? Uh Ben Hur. Was it Ben Hur or was it Circus Maximus? I don't know. I know Ben Hur came out on uh Xbox One. I'm trying. I remember the reason I remember it so well is because it, I believe it was a launch title. And when we'd go to the mall at lunch, you'd go to EB and play their video games and they get really pissed off about it. But it was a chariot racing game. 
And that's all it was. And it had to be one of the most fun things. But like I'm looking at the video for Circus Maximus right now and it doesn't I don't remember it looking quite like this. No, that was like an original Xbox game. Yeah. Ben Hur, you said maybe? No, but that was for the Xbox One. Hmm. It was like a Roman racing game, Roman chariot racing game. For oh, maybe Rome Circus Maximus? Chariot Race VR. There you go. <laughs> I, I I honestly can't remember the name. If anybody can remember the name of the game, that'd be amazing. Um, it was, I just remember this game being like such a rough launch title. And Xbox has this tendency to always go to a Roman game, like Rise, Son of Rome. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't bad. Yeah. Like it just shows Circus Maximus is the only one, but that's for regular Xbox. And I clearly remember not using the big Xbox controller. So maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I wasn't there. I'm not you. I don't I don't know, man. So before we head out on our, our separate ways today, I wanna t- uh, I wanna tell everybody what they could uh, be looking forward to over the next little bit. So yeah, we David have some good I, stuff coming up. Yeah, David and I are going on a, an adventure. Yeah, our, our significant others have allowed us to spend an entire day together going to various game stores, buying stuff, laughing, giggling, having tickle fights. And do you know how hard that was to accomplish um, with their strict rules for COVID? We have to wear our masks and be on our best behaviors at yeah. all times. So we're actually getting... Um, those big giant bubble suits, the balls. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to be two giant balls walking around. (laughs) We're, we're hopeful that we're going to uh, be able to share some of our adventures. We, um, we plan on hitting stores like retro quest. We've got games, um, 401 games. There's, Oh, um, what was that called? Game Shack? Game Shack. Right. Yeah, there's there's a bunch that we're going to try and hit up. You know, a mix of old and new, some tabletop stuff. Uh, I know I'm picking up for sure. I actually pre-ordered it. I, I, I never pre-order board games. This is how crazy this is. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard of the game Gloomhaven. Uh, I've, you probably, I've heard about it because you tell heard, me about it. Yeah, I've heard. I've told you about it. So that was a rhetorical statement. Anyway, so Gloomhaven, um, if anyone has played tabletop games, that's, you know, board games, that's not Monopoly. Um, Gloomhaven is considered the number one, or it has been the number one board game of uh, like every single board game out there that's possible to vote on on boardgamegeek.com. Um for the last, like since it came out, I think it was like 2017 or 2018 when it came out. Um, the game is massive. The box alone weighs, you know, 22 pounds. And that's if you don't put a, some sort of storage organization solution in there. Um, it is a long, long, uh, like dungeon crawling kind of RPG game. Uh, there's like 96 scenarios and stuff like that. But the problem with that game is that it was such a massive game and it can be very intimidating for some people to play. And it also can take some time to figure out the, like the, the rules and stuff like that. So Cephalo four games, the uh, company that made 
Gloomhaven just released yeah. in Canada, at least. So this, the game came out in July in the United States and just about a week ago, it, it launched in Canada. So it's Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. It is a significantly smaller box. It only weighs about, you know, 10 pounds. Um, but it is more of a intro um, game slash campaign or whatever to kind of introduce people into the world of Gloomhaven. Uh, they got rid of, this was a really unique thing that the game did. They got rid of having, you know, like you, you get board games where they have um, the map tiles that you have to put together. Yeah. Right. Um, so Gloomhaven uses map tiles, which is a big, it took up a lot of time to set up and tear down. Whereas uh, Jaws of the Lion, it has its, you know, 25 scenario booklet, but the maps are in the book. So you just open up to page, you know, whatever that you're, on for the uh that mission and the maps right there so like it cuts down the setup time significantly um it has like you know a bunch of new characters that you can use in the main gloomhaven game um so it's like it's it's kind of a big deal that they they release this and then on top of that they just released um or the kickstarter just finished uh, not too long ago for frosthaven which is Ooh. the same size as gloomhaven it's massive box um and that's going to be coming out uh, next year. So this is a prime time for this game to come out. If you guys are interested in, um, you know, getting into Gloomhaven, but you don't want to commit to the full size game, the the, the full game is kind of expensive. It can run you about, depending on where you get it, one hundred thirty to one hundred sixty bucks Canadian. You know, so it's it is a pretty hefty price tag. But there's a lot of game in there. So anyway, so uh, I pre-ordered that because I didn't know if it was going to sell out. And um, yeah, it was 50 bucks, which is great because a few other stores were selling it, you know, I think at what it should have been sold at, you know, 69 to 75 bucks, roughly around there. Um, but yeah, we're picking that up. I'm pretty excited for that one. I'll make sure I like touch it a lot before. I get out of your car. You can touch it all you want, but the plastic wrap is still going to be on there. So you can just t- touch the plastic. <laughs> what are you looking for? Um, right now I'm looking for, as I said, Simpsons hit and run. Um, I may or may not pick up a copy of Everdell. Um, games wise, I might also pick up trial by trolley. I've been told that it's quite the, the adult party game that doesn't require a lot of thinking no. and it's more of a turn your brain off and laugh game. Well, it's, it's a, that's a great game for people to argue, but in a, about stupid things. So the idea behind trial by trolley is one person's the trolley master and then the, everyone else is split into two teams and they have different cards that they play. So essentially, you know, like the old, the old, you know, black and white films where the, the bad guy has kidnapped someone and tied them to the tracks. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like that where, you know, these people or these things are on these tracks and each team has to play the cards, be like, okay, you want to get the, the trolley master to drive over the opposite team's tracks. Um, so you play your modifier cards. So you start off be like, Oh, you don't want to go over this this track because there is a single mother with you know three children here you know you don't want to you know harm this mother and her family they're just trying to get by all this stuff the other team plays their good card and then you have an evil card that you play so something that you would want to run over 
So I uh, I could say, oh yes, but the whole you know Kardashian family is on the other track, right? Like, imagine how much better the world would be if they weren't around. So you, you know, can actually like manipulate it into that way. Like, yeah. You so you all the bad cards that you use, no, no, like you have cards that have specific things, but like the Kardashians is one of them, right? So you can play that on the other track. So you want to convince the uh, the trolley driver to drive across the opposite team's track, and so then there's also. Uh, modifier cards which you can play on either yours or the other team so you could say um play uh, a card that that team could play a card on the kardashians saying that oh but they're going to find the, the cure for all cancers right um and then they could play a modifier card on yours saying that one of the babies on there is going to turn into hitler right so it gets into this whole thing play all your cards and then it turns into each team has, and we kind of house ruled it where um, we gave everyone two minutes to argue and try and explain why they, the, their track shouldn't be run over. Uh, but it pretty much just gets into two teams arguing over these ridiculous things, making kind of like crazy scenarios and stuff like that. And then ultimately it comes down to everyone's like, okay, shut up. It's the trolley driver's decision. And then there's that moment of silence as the trolley driver's thinking. And then, bam, <laughs> it's just over one. It's on one track. And then people are like, oh, how can you do this? Like, that baby was going to turn into Hitler. And you're like, yes, but I hate the Kardashians. Like, so you have to kind of, you know, play into the, uh, the trolley driver's you interest. Know, interest and stuff like that. But it is a lot of fun game. It, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, I I backed the Kickstarter of that one because it looked really interesting. Um, I missed out on that one, but I was a big fan of Joking Hazard. Yeah, so I bought uh, I got the deluxe edition of the game, so it came with like a bunch of extra cards. It came with some special edition Kickstarter cards, um, but then it also came with an expansion pack for Joking Hazard, which I'm kind of annoyed with because now I have to buy that game. (laughs) So you just give me the expansion pack, I'll play it. No. Joking Hazard is Cards Against Humanity if you want to just laugh at ridiculous things. It's it's very fun. Um, like We like to play it in a smaller group, like five or six. Um, typically, depending on what kind of card you draw, you either put in the middle part of the comic or the beginning or the end, and then you're supposed to like either fill in the comic or end it. And because of Cyanide and Happiness, it's just like the most ridiculous things ever. Interesting. It's, def- it's definitely worth picking up. It's, it's again, just like Cards Against Humanity, but you're using comic strips instead of um, like scenarios. But yeah, so we will let you guys know what we encounter, what we pick up. We're very excited to go on this little uh, getaway. Yeah, we uh, haven't because, done anything in a while. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting for us to, to, to kind of plan out what we're going to be doing next for you guys. Um, the one really cool announcement we have is we've, we've booked a, a big guest in our parts. And I mean, like, I'm talking like Denzel Washington big. And, and by, uh, by that, he means not Denzel Washington. <laughs> and by, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, um, from the details podcast and blog TO, we have, we are going to be bringing our friend of the show, Denang Balsera onto, the scene on screen podcast to discuss all things Duverney in television and film. And we are really, really excited 
to tackle that topic with him. We think it's going to be a very good um, experience for everybody. And we also would really like feedback on what you guys think um, TV shows are like these days. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're very, very excited for that, Mm -hmm. that episode. Um, It'll be a very opinionated piece. That's for sure. Yes. Dave is not allowed to talk at all. (laughs) I won't be able to say anything. No, 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 no. Um, and with that, I think the only other news I have. Oh, actually, I have one more thing. Can I? Can I? Can I hit? Can I hit it? Sure. David, it's time. It's time I say goodbye to my Sony PlayStation Four. It's been with me through some big times some not so big times i played some really good games on it i crushed spider-man god of war the last of us one and two but now it's time to bid you adieu i'm using the ps4 while it has some trading credit to go towards my xbox series x nice i'm really right I just wanted to, I wanted to give it the proper farewell. Yeah. It deserved that. Give it. It's worked really hard over the last five years. That's true. And, and you know, I like probably a good, good move on your part. Um, you, you didn't really play it that much. Yeah. I played every single player game that I wanted to play. Yeah. And actually the funny part about it is I still have the, the controller I got with the console. Is and, that like not a common thing? Well, for my Xbox, like if you go with the my day one, I bought two controllers. The one day one, I just kept packaged because it had the etching on it, right? And right. I, the day one controllers were garbage. Sorry, Microsoft, they they sucked. The magnets were loose in the bumpers. It wasn't the best feeling controller. I picked up a oh the the horizon controller when they release series two. And I've still had that one. Like that controller still like no drift is a very good controller. I've worn out parts of the controller, like the paint or the enamel off the paint is gone. That's how much I've used that controller. When I got my Xbox one X, I traded in or I, I let them keep the controller that came with the one X because I forgot, like I didn't bring them my horizon controller cause it was mm. attached to it. And I got that gears of war controller for like 15 bucks because some idiot just like they bought the Xbox and they bought all this stuff and they were like, they returned the gears of war. One of the guys like, I haven't even put it in the system. I'll give it to you for like 15 bucks. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, sure. Cool. Thanks man. Um, and I have my elite. Um, but I've gone through, I want to say three controllers fully. Cause the one S controller I actually gave to my buddy Taylor. I didn't actually play with that one at all. Cause I was using the horizon one. The I like the other thing too, is like with Sony controllers, the battery eventually does go. That's with true. Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like my, uh, my, I have two PS4 controllers, one that came with my, my PS4 and then I actually bought the crystal one because I really like the see-through one and that's my main one and I noticed that the battery is uh doesn't last 
as long as it used to. And I have, you know, the, the light bar to dim and all of that jazz, but yeah, it doesn't uh, last very long. So I, I finally caved and bought a charging cradle for it. So now I can just pop it on when I'm done. So at least, at least I know that the, the battery will be charged when I, when I start playing. Yeah, I saw a really good one on Amazon. It's like two batteries in a cradle for the Xbox One for, I want to say it was like 50 bucks. I was like, okay, that's pretty much worth it, especially because now we know for sure that the Xbox Series X and Series S is going to have two double A's, so the cradle is going to be the same. Yeah, actually, I bought one. Hold on, let me go grab it. David just leaving mid-podcast. So so 2020 podcasting. I bought a uh, PDP gaming one for Xbox. It's the ultra slim charge charge system. It is a legit, a really slim charging base comes with two batteries and you just pop them on. They're like kind of magnetic so that the console or the controllers kind of just sit nicely in the cradle and it charges them really nice. It was uh, 35 bucks. That's not bad at all. Yeah. You get two, you get two batteries. You said or one, two batteries. That's not bad. Uh, Amazon or through a gaming store? Found it at Walmart. Um, I was kind of looking for for it or for one in particular. There was a cheaper one that was a little more bulky and I didn't really want that. I wanted something that was, you know, kind of slim line. Um, Found it. It was like 35 bucks. I kind of looked online to see uh, if I could get it for cheaper on Amazon or wherever. And that that's the price everywhere so picked it up i'm actually really happy with it i have the the xbox one chat pad as well so i was kind of concerned that uh it would uh, interfere with how it works out if i have the chat pad installed on the controller in the second spot so the one further i can't have something else in the in the front uh spot so i just have the controller with the chat pad in the front spot it's got some cool green lights on the side that light up when uh it's fully charged um, has. Yeah, it's actually, I was really impressed with it. I'm not a big fan of some of these charging stations. I think some of them are just kind of poorly designed or just like they're cheap looking. Right. And this one, yeah, I mean, anything that says Nyko on it, you just got to think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I know I, they're reputable, but like, you know, yeah, I know how many buttons on your controller do you want? Um, the one thing I really liked about this charge station is that it had like a anti-slip pad on the bottom, but so it had like, you know, when you have a sticker, right? You have to mm-hmm. peel the, the backing off. It had something like that. I'm like, what the hell? There's a sticker on it, but it wasn't sticky in the sense of a sticker. It was just a protective film of this like anti-slip pad and it doesn't move at all. So I have it sitting on top of my Xbox right now. It looks super slick. Uh, it doesn't take up very much space. I can easily put the controllers on and off. Yeah, it's, I would say if you're going to get one, go for. This is not a sponsored message, but the PDP Gaming Xbox One Ultra Slim Charge System for Xbox. 35 bucks. So, oh, it's got a two-year uh, warranty too. I'm learning so I just looked at one. It's, a, it's Amazon sponsored right now with a $5 coupon. It's the OIVO Xbox One SX Elite Control Controller Charger Fast Dual Charging Station Updated LED stap, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, remote charger dock, two rechargeable batteries included. Regular price thirty nine ninety nine on sale today for twenty six ninety nine. I will probably order that within the next five minutes. So here's the thing: I I was actually looking at that exact one. Um, I just don't like the way that that sets it connects. 
Um, you don't like it that it goes in upside down? No. Also, mostly because one, I don't have the space for them to be to stay like that. But if you look at that one, the the charge connectors are like really thin little wire things, and I feel like after a while, I've had some chargers like that. After a while, like they lose their springiness and they don't connect uh, as much. I don't no, know. I get it. There's another one here that's like uh it's like two racks that kind of sit. The only problem I have is I keep my Astros um adapter attached to my Elite. Mm. Because it's a very tight fit. Like it's not like the the Xbox Golds where it just pops out of the bottom. Like the Astros one, the only way I can like unhook it is like if I unhook the headphone and then I like pull it out. Yeah. With a ton of force. And it's like the A10 has a, a poor design underneath it where it's like you you would you should have expected the wire to be fully disconnectable. So I want one that I can charge from the top. So I gotta look at it that way. So like I, I was looking at that one and I looked at the um the one tech one. They're all the same price. Yeah, they're all pretty much the same. They all come from the same factory, anyways. Yeah. Just like Coca-Cola and PC Cola come from the same spot. The more you know, the That's better. True. Exactly. Yeah, now but we're just rambling. So that is it for this one. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to us. David and I are nice people. We just want to bring you content and we will share some of our adventures over the next few days. Yeah, be sure to check out uh, check out our Instagram and Facebook page because we're going to be probably posting a bunch of our sweet, slick findings uh, over the next uh, few days. And um, I don't know, maybe we're going to find some really hidden gems that you guys are going to see and just be super jealous of us. And maybe you'll even see what we eat for breakfast or lunch because we're obviously going to have to stop for some food. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) we aren't robots, contrary to popular belief. Yeah, but we'll catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Peace.